right, let's all stand together and begin our worship service today. I tell you what, rather start with a song today, let's start with a prayer. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because prayer, at the heart of prayer, is worship. Amen. And so we want to start off with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day you have blessed us with. Thank you for this opportunity you have given to us to serve you, to love you, to know you, and to experience you. I pray, my Lord and my God, that you will, Lord, be with us this day. For the Word of God tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, you are in the midst thereof. So, God, we have no doubt you're right here in this place. And so, Lord Jesus, we turn our attention unto you. We want to seek your face, know you, and experience your goodness and your mercy in all of our lives. And now, Lord Jesus, have your way in us as we exalt that name that's above every name. And we sing of the God of wonders above all of us. Thank you, Lord.
wave at somebody. Welcome to the house of the Lord today. Glad to have all of you here. Those that are joining us, you may be seated. Those that are joining us via the internet, oh, you, you're welcome. Glad to have you as part of this celebration on this beautiful day the Lord has made for it. It's a gorgeous day. It may be a little cold, but it's just gorgeous. Hey, give, give him some praise. Thank him for it. Wonderful, wonderful. As you know, uh, we're in the midst. We've uh, uh, actually concluded our first week of prayer and fasting. We have two more weeks to go in that. For those that are joining us in, in that, remember, we'll go through the 27th. That's the last day of the fast. Now, you don't eat. You, know, you, don't, you don't stop fasting on that day. That's just the last day. Then on uh, Sunday the 28th is when we'll break the fast and, uh, and give the Lord praise for all he is doing. The church will be open this Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock for anyone that would like to join us to come and pray together collectively uh, as we continue to pray uh, over uh, those things. Uh, there are, there are uh, some more uh, prayer guides. If you would like a prayer guide, there is, uh, it's broken into each day of the prayer and fasting of uh, things you can pray for and kind of guide your prayer. So they're in the in friendship station and uh, you can uh, pick those, uh, one of those up if you'd like. Also, there's a sign-up sheet for the Valentine's uh, Banquet. Uh, that is on February the 10th. There you go, all the information there. And uh, so it's going to be a catered meal, uh, a donation. Uh, we're asking for a donation. Or they're asking. I'm not asking anything. Uh, the, <laughs> the ladies' ministry is asking for a donation. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so, uh, so please sign up. Come and be a fun evening. Uh, for everyone, there will be kids activities uh, uh, for those of you need to, uh, need childcare uh, and someone to look after kids. You can bring those, and we'll have someone taking care of that as well. Also, uh, remember, I, I know I keep talking about the revival is still uh, several weeks out, uh, but it's we're still we're planning, we're preparing, we're getting ready for God to do a work in our midst. That revival is going to be the first to the third. That is a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday evening. So there'll be four services. A young man by the name of Detarius, we call him Jay Boyd. Uh, he's, uh, that, that guy's anointed. He was one of our students at Heritage. And uh, I met him when he was only about 18 years old. And he is, I'm telling you what, I've, I've never seen anyone that has an anointing. He had anointing at 18 years old. He has an anointing on him. And he preaches the word of God. And so he's going to be joining us uh, during, those, uh, during that weekend of, of renewal and revival. So uh, we're going to continue to pray for that. Make that part of your prayer during these 21 days of prayer and fasting as well. And there's probably other things I need to mention to you. Uh, you go on the website. Usually everything's there. Uh, or Facebook. Use our, our, our private member page. Everything is there. And uh, we usually uh, have everything up uh, on the marquee. Uh, during the service as well. Uh, so please remember all of these things. As we continue on with our worship, uh, the words I've selected from the word to share with you comes again out of the Psalms, Psalm 8. Uh, we're going to be looking uh, at really all of, all of that Psalm, just very, very short Psalm. But notice what it says. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have adored, uh, ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. 
When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the uh, paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. And today we're going to talk about the excellency of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let's all stand together again. And let's continue our worship and song. The next two songs that we're going to be sharing with you, both of these, of these songs have their scriptural foundation in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 4 and 5 uh, specifically. And, uh, and I'm going to be addressing some of these things. So we're going to introduce some of these thoughts through song first and then through the word. We're going to start off with the Revelation song and then finish that up with worthy of it all. Thank you, 
thank you, Lord. And Lord, you are worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the glory and all the honor. We want to join with all of heaven and rejoice, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
you, Lord. Hallelujah. For you are worthy of it all, Lord. You're worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, Lord, goes unto you, my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise his name. Praise his name. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus. Lord, we wait to hear your voice, oh God. Speaking to us this day, Lord. Speak your word unto us, O oh God. Lord, take the hardness of the heart and break it, God. Pierce through, Lord, pierce through, Lord, those walls of partition that have been, been built up, O oh God. Lord, pierce into the mind that has been shut to the things of God. Mmm. Lord, touch our hearts, Lord, that they may be softened, O oh God. Lord, moldable and bendable, Lord, and meldable, Lord, in your hands so you can reshape us and renew us and restore us, O oh God, to what you want us to be, Lord. Mario lo sonda e bielo condori a patario lo sombarica Maria la condori a lo scombaria la sonda e piccanore pandori la sinama manna chia manna china manno manna chitario a pandori alla mandolo manna condori a sanda e orrea Mario lo sondo da pario lo sanda Thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. I am here in the midst of you. Why have you become so cold that you cannot sense me? Why have you become so weary in your doing when I am your strength? Why do you wait when there is nothing to wait for? Because I am here among you. I walk in your midst. I walk in your presence. I am here in your midst. I will work among you. If you would but listen and obey me. And follow me. I am here in your midst. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Help us to receive it in your precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 
Thank you, Lord. That, that, that song we just sung, beautiful song, wonderful song. But that bridge, it talks day and night, night and day. Let your incense arise. That incense is a reference to prayer. We, we could just as easily sing that day and night, night and day. Let your prayers arise. Let your prayers go up. Paul told us to pray without ceasing. I hope you heard the word today. He is among us. He is walking among us. Yes, he is. He's doing more than what you know. <laughs> he is. He's doing, he's doing more than I know. He's working. Thank you, Lord. See, in the service, we're going to have a prayer time. So I know there's some prayer needs. And we're going to do this in the end of the service. So I'm going to get right into the message. Why he's here. Today, we're going to begin our journey into the book of uh, Hebrews. Last week, I just gave an introduction to this book and its contents. And, and one of the things that I hope you heard is that the major theme of this particular book, or if you didn't hear it, the major theme of this book is better. And what the author is trying to demonstrate, what he's trying to show to those original readers, is that Christ is better than anyone or anything else they could ever imagine. It was true in that generation it's true in this generation as well. Now, why would, why, why would we need or desire anything better if Christ is the best? Right? If you've already gotten the best, why are you looking for anything else? But I'm afraid some people are doing exactly that. Now, considering this fact, I desire to share with you some thoughts about the excellency of Jesus Christ. In simplicity, what I'm going to do, I'm going to share from you this book, what makes Jesus uniquely Jesus? What makes Jesus who he is? So I'm going to start with this question. Why is Jesus better, and why is he above all things? Now, to demonstrate the excellence of Jesus Christ, I'm going to use the word preeminence. Now, the word preeminence is a word that means first in order, or first in place, or first place. Paul made this, up, made this observation to the church at Galatia in chapter 1 when he said, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, he may have that first place. Now, I think it's appropriate that the author established this thought so early in this uh, letter and in this writing. It is not Christ plus something else. 
See, that was the problem with the first generation of Christianity. That was the problem with many in the nation of Israel in relationship to Jesus Christ as far as the claim that he is the Messiah, the anointed one sent by God to be their deliverer. Well, you see, they were so held on to their traditions, they were so held on to the way they had always done things, then they were not willing to let loose. For in their mentality, it was Christ plus the law. No, it can never be Christ plus something else. It is Christ, period. That's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to add to it. And I'm afraid even in the church, we're trying to do the same thing. When things aren't happening, then we try to make things happen. When things aren't like we want, then we try to make something happen. It is not. Look, if, if that's what we're doing, then we're doing the wrong thing. If it's not about Jesus Christ, it's about nothing. Now, that's where I stand. Now, this brings us to, the, to the, how the author begins this first chapter of the book of Hebrews. And it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Now, before we go, let, let's, let's dissect this statement a little bit. Let's see what was, what was being said by the author here. Now, first, first thing you want to observe is that God spoke. That's the first thing. God spoke. In the Old Testament, God spoke to a variety of people and to some people, they were instructed to write down what God had spoken unto them. Now, we often refer to, the, to these people as the prophets. Now, there may be others that were not prophets that wrote, but mostly you have in the Old Testament the writings of the prophets who wrote down what God spoke in their spirits and spoke in their minds and showed them. Therefore, that's the reason we can say that the Old Testament is inspired by God because the people who wrote it heard the voice of God and wrote what God said. It parallels what Peter said in his, uh, in his second letter in the first chapter. For prophecy never came by, by the will of man, but only holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And then the uh, uh, Apostle Paul added to this in his second letter to Timothy in the third chapter. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So there is no doubting that these men, they were hearing and listening to the voice of God they wrote down what, they, what was spoken of them. However, there's something you need to understand here. Even though these men heard the voice of God, and they believed the Word of God, and they wrote down the Word of God, it doesn't mean they understood everything they heard and everything they witnessed. They, they, didn't, they didn't understand it. And so that brings us... That, that brings us to the next statement we need to take note of here. We find that God spoke to these forefathers in different, time, in different times and in very different ways. Now, if you take the totality of the Bible, that's from Genesis to Revelation, that book was compiled over about a 
1,500-year period and believed to have been written by 40 known authors. So you see, when God wrote his book, when God wrote his letter to mankind, he didn't write to just one generation. He didn't speak to just one generation. He didn't speak to just one group of people. He spoke to generation after generation after generation. And because that word of God is inspired, he's speaking to this generation right here and right now. Mm. Glory to God. Now, when, 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 God, when God spoke to these, he, he didn't speak to everybody alike. To some, he spoke in visions. Others, he spoke to them in dreams. And there were times when he spoke through the power of a heavenly fire. And at other times, he spoke in a still, small voice. There were occasions when he sent heavenly messengers who were called angels to speak the word unto them. And there were times he came down himself incognito, of course, and, uh, and walked among them. The point I'm trying to make is that the revelation brought through the prophets were fragmented at best. That's what you understand. It was fragmented in them. They didn't understand it all. They didn't see it all. They didn't have all the details. But God spoke in uh, times past by the prophets. But the author of Hebrews said, But in this present day, he's speaking to us by his son. For you see, when Jesus Christ came in the picture, he finished the picture. Everything was fragmented. Everything was pieces. And they were trying to fit it together. But there was a missing piece to the puzzle. And when Jesus Christ came on the scene, that missing piece was found and he finished the big picture so therefore when Jesus speaks he has the authority to speak and the power to speak and we've got the completed revelation of God in Jesus Christ for in these last days he has spoken to us through his son Thank God for that. And that's the reason when Jesus was challenged in his day about him breaking the law, that's the reason Jesus could make this emphatic statement. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. God, Jesus is God's final word. Hallelujah. And he is our final solution to it all. Now, this brings me to the heart of the message. This brings what, what I really want to share with you today. What makes Jesus that final word? Now, I know, I, I know I've, I've mentioned some things, but what makes his final word to humanity? Why, why does he have the last voice? You see, there's something you need to understand. I, I, I don't have this in my notes, but but the Holy Spirit's leading me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. You think about all the other religions. Think about Muslims, if you will. See, they, they, they proclaim that Muhammad came along with another word, another revelation from God. Did Muhammad live before Christ or after Christ? <laughs> he came after Christ. The Mormons with Joseph Smith, 
Joseph Smith claimed that God gave him a new revelation declaring that all religions, all churches, all other faiths were aberrant, were not of him and gave him a brand new revelation and revealed, revealed to him that Jesus was only a son of God. <laughs> not the Son of God. When did Joseph Smith live? After Jesus Christ. Charles Taz Russell came along with his declaration of the 144,000 and his proclamation of Jesus coming back and only 144,000 would dare be saved. When did he live? He lived after Christ. You see, Muhammad, Smith, and Russell they came after Jesus Christ. They came after the final word, not before it. If they come before it, Jesus would have corrected everything they did. So don't put your eggs in their basket. Because Jesus is the final word. Now, now I want us to look. I want to transition just a little bit. And go to verses 2 and 3. It says has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, you talking about a mouthful? That's a mouthful right here. Matter of fact, I, 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 I'm going to scare you to death. Uh, Y'all know I'm not, a, I'm not a short-winded preacher. I don't believe in sermonettes. I believe in thus saith the Lord. I believe in laying the word out however long it takes me to lay the word out. Amen? There's the door. It's not barred. It's not locked. You can't get back in if you go out. But you can get out. Now, there's seven things revealed about Jesus Christ in these two verses that explains to us why Jesus is the best of all and why he is above all things. So let's get started. This, is, now, this may not do nothing for you, but I'm telling you, I have been basking in this all week. The first thing, first phrase again, whom he has appointed heir of all things. So this speaks of the heirship of Jesus Christ. He has the final word over all things because he is the heir of all things. The scripture is emphatic about Jesus' heirship. Therefore, it only stands to reason that if Jesus is the Son of God, is God, then everything belongs to him. It is rightfully his. Now, allow me to note some passages outside the book of Hebrews that talks about the heirship of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, which is an Aramaic word meaning father. We cry, Father, Father. 
The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Then we go to Colossians again, chapter 1. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, first place. These, these scriptures demonstrate unto us that Jesus was not only the creator, and we're going to talk about that in detail a little bit more, but that all things were created by him, which means that we were created for Jesus Christ because it says everything was created by him for him. So that means all of us, because we're human beings, because we're part of the creation, we were created for him. That means we were created to please him. That means we were created to serve him. That means we were created to worship him. And as I look at some folks, they try to twist that around and make it sound like that God is supposed to serve me, that God is supposed to please me. Let me tell you, it's the other way around. God's not here to serve you. God is not here to please you. He is here to make you into the likeness of his image and shape you around if he has to kick you around a little bit to get your attention. Mm. Now, one of the most beautiful passages to me that deals with the airship of Jesus Christ comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 5. Now, I, I'm, I, I know you don't like me just reading, but I'm going to read the whole thing to you because you just need to hear it. If you want to start shouting, just go ahead and shout. You just, you just, you, I don't you, we're reading this. I want you to think about what we're going to see, what we're going to experience as John experienced when he stepped from this earthly sphere into that heavenly sphere. And John said, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back. Sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. 
Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the four and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and you have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth mm. then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. So be it. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Folks, that's what's waiting for us. But you know what? Mm. I know I've said it 15,000 times, I've said it 15,000 more before I'll ever leave you, folks. I ain't got to wait till I get there. I don't have to wait until I get to that time. I don't have to wait to throw up my hands. I don't have to wait to shout praises unto Him. I don't have to wait to worship Him. I don't have to wait in that day. Oh, I'm just practicing up. Oh, for glory right now. That's what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the book, the book that was Jesus took out of the right hand of the one who sat on the throne has been called by scholars the title deed to the earth. It all belongs to him anyway. I don't understand all this stuff. But he took the title deed to the earth. Now, something you need to understand. It says it was sealed with seven seals. In the Roman times, when there was a last will and testament, it was written on a scroll. Now, now I, I don't understand. I've never seen this happen. But evidently, it took seven turns to completely roll up the scroll. And in each turn, there was a seal. And it could not be open until the whose last will and testament it was had died. You see, what John was seeing here in the heavens playing out, Jesus had died. It was his last will and testament declaring 
to all generations. It all belongs to me. And all belongs to my people. When you go back that, that that scripture, you see the wonders of wonders of Jesus dying on the cross for us. That he made us his children. And because we are his children, now we inherit along with him. What he has belongs to us. Everything Jesus possesses belongs to you and I. We are not joint Christ. We are not joint Lords. But we are joint heirs with him. And it all belongs to him and to us. That's what gives him the right to be the last word of God. Then let, let's, let, let's, let's move to the next phrase here. Through him also he made the worlds. According to the Gospel of John, Jesus Christ is the agent through whom the Godhead created the universe. We find in John 1, 1 and following, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Paul affirms this same thought in his letter to the Ephesian church, when it's chapter 3, when he says, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. In the Hebrew language, that, 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 that word world, that is you see, created the world. There's two words. There's the word cosmos, which talks about the material world. And there's the word uh, ionis, which talks about everything in the creation. The word that is used here is Ionis, which is God just didn't create the material. He created time, space, matter. He created everything that there is. Everything that we see, everything that we know. And I know you say, oh, well, well what about all this modern technology that we have today? You know who created that? Jesus Christ created that. You know why he created that? Because he knew in these last days we were going to need all this modern technology. He knew we were going to need to be out of the Stone Age. He knew we were going to have to be out of, of, the, of the old time. He knew that we were going to have to have computers and Internet and all of these other things to get his purpose accomplished. God created all of these things. Everything we see, including you and I. There was a, a, a man, he was a, a neurophysiologist by the name of Sir John uh, Eskel. He said in Chicago in January of 1968 that the odds against the right combination of circumstances occurring to have evolved intelligent life on earth are about 400,000 Trillion, 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 trillion to one. And that's not good odds, brothers. That's worse than the lottery. Then after admitting this improbability, 
that life could evolve as we know it right now. He went on to say he'd believe that such did occur and will never happen in any other planet or any other solar system. So why is the United States of America spending millions of dollars trying to get some signal from some UFO and some intelligent life out there? You see, the universe which we are part of is way too vast, it is way too complex, and it's way too wonderfully made to have just occurred. There's a divine plan, and there's a divine order. And Jesus Christ spoke it into existence by his own word. Then let's go to the next phrase. Who be in the brightness of his glory. The phrase brightness is glory, or we could use the word radiance, means to send forth light. Remember what Jesus declared about himself in the Gospel of John. Then Jesus spoke to them saying again, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, it is Jesus Christ who radiates the glory of of God. He is the brightness of God. That's the reason so often when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the other religious leaders came to Jesus and he would make declarations and he would save people from their sin and they were saying, who are you that you declare yourself to do what only God can do? And he said, well, if the shoe fits, just wear it. He was doing what he was supposed to do. We find in John's gospel again, chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The tragedy of the incarnation, the tragedy of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh and this earth is not that he came. The tragedy is when he came and shone the light and the glory of God Almighty that men rejected the light of God. For we find in John's Gospel chapter 3, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. The wonder of the incarnation is that those who see his light and receive the light of God are called the sons of God. That brings us to the next expression, which is the expressed image of his purpose, or his person, pardon me, of his person. The Greek word there is character, where we get the word character. And what this word literally means is a representation of an exact reproduction of a particular form or structure. The best analogy I can give you. How many of you like to have your picture taken? A lot of us don't. You know why we don't like, well, I'm telling you, I don't know. With all these selfies and stuff going on, it looks like a lot of people like to have a picture taken. People are enamored. Give me a break. But here's the point. That was not the point. Here's the point. 
most times we don't like the picture we take. How many of you have ever got a picture taken? Look, well, that don't look like me. Or now I get to the point I look in the mirror and I think, God, what happened? This is bad. Where did that old man come from? Ooh, look at those wrinkles. Oh, I got getting a turkey neck. Here's the point. When he uses that, the express image of God, when you take a picture, that picture is you. It's the exact image of who you are and what you look like. When you look in the mirror, you see that image. That is what you look like. And what the author is saying here is, when you look at Jesus Christ, you're looking in the face of God. Because he is the exact representation. He is the exact image of God. God the Father in heaven. And that's the reason Jesus often said that his generation, when he spoke to them, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the face of Jesus, if you've seen Jesus in any way, you've seen the Father. So whatever Jesus is, the Father is. Whatever Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. Whatever the Holy Spirit Jesus is, they're all one. And it's the exact representation of who he is so that's the declaration that he is God Paul said he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation then we come to the to to the next phrase upholding all things by the word of his power this speaks of his administration Christ not only made all things and will someday inherit all things but he will hold them all together. The Greek word that is translated uphold means to support or to maintain. Everything in this universe is sustained even now by Jesus Christ. And remember, that includes you and I. He holds everything together. Now, can you imagine what would happen if all of a sudden Jesus would repeal the law of gravity. The law of gravity is what keeps you here planted on this earth. If he would repeal the law of gravity, can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what would happen if the, if the earth would be moved out of its orbit one way or the other? If we were just a little closer to the sun, we'd all burn up. If we were a little further away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. You see, God controls everything. I know you say, well, he's not doing a pretty good, he's doing a pretty sorry job of it right now. No, 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 no. It's not God. Can't blame this on God. You can't blame this mess on God. This ain't God. For you see, when people, when people get out of line with God, including Jesus Christ. When people get out of line, when people don't submit themselves to the authority, to the word of the living God, then what's going to happen? You're going to be reeled into chaos. You don't know why your world, you don't know why your world is in, out of order? I'm going to go ahead and tell you why your world's out of order. You're out of fellowship with God. 
You had a fellowship with Jesus Christ. Get in fellowship with him. Get in line with him. I don't mean you're perfect, but get in line with him and your world will begin to order up. I look at it, and we, we talk about, and I know, I know, we, we, we've created a lot of things in this planet. We've, we've made a lot of messes into this planet. But, you know, I keep hearing this, this, this thing about that, that we're going to destroy planet Earth. No, we, that, they don't know nothing about the Word of God. Oh, we'll destroy part of it. We'll destroy some of it. We'll mess up things. But you, they're, they're, oh, the destruction of this Earth is the hand of only one and that's Jesus Christ. And when he gets hold of it, he's going to burn this mess up. Every bit of it. And going to start over brand new. Mm. So therefore, if we know God's in control, that means we can put our confidence in him, Right? The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Jude said, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his uh, glory with uh, uh, exceeding joy to our God, our, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Then that brings me to the next to the last statement. When he had by himself purged our sins. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus created the world. It's even more wonderful that he sustains and upholds the world in which we live in. But the most wonderful work of Jesus Christ is what he did on that thing we call the cross. That's the most wonderful work of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it was there that he became our redeemer. It was there that he paid the price for our sin and redeemed us from the penalty of sin. And so, therefore, now we can declare, I am saved. You can't get saved no other way. I know, I, 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 I know, I know the world says, well, that's arrogant. You arrogant, you arrogant, pompous Christian. How dare you? Tell me that there's only one way to God. Well, if Jesus is the last word, that's what he said. <laughs> I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come unto the Father except through me. If I'm, pop, if I'm pompous, if I'm arrogant, if I have the audacity to declare it, it's because Jesus has the final word. And that's what he said. The sacrifice that Jesus made was a one-time sacrifice that never needs to be repeated. You know all this. The Old Testament priests, were, they, 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 were, they were offering sacrifices daily. Not only had they offered sacrifices for those that came in that needed, that, needed that, that, that covering of the sacrifice, they had to atone for their own sins. But Jesus dealt with, our, with the sin issue once and for all. He made one sacrifice. He took care of men's, uh, uh, men's uh, sin problem. The problem is men have rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected the form and the source of their own salvation. And we can only enjoy the blessings and the benefit and the freedom of salvation when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
It is only through the blood of the Lamb that we are saved. Now that brings me down to the last statement here. This is the seventh revelation. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, now I'm going to be the first to tell you, this is a hard statement. We've already established he's God. And I know the arguments. God knows I've heard them. I don't have an answer for them. I'm not God. I'm not like one of my glam grandchildren. You were here for Christmas Eve. Boy, that was the cutest thing I've ever. I've I've never been accused of this. This little boy looked up at me and he said, Are you God? (laughs) No. I don't want to make any claim to it. But this, this is what I want you to see here. Let's not get, up, get caught up in this thing. Okay, if, if, if Jesus is God, or Jesus sits down at the right hand of God, how can, if, he's, if Jesus is God, how can he sit down at his own right hand? I don't have an answer to these questions. All I know is, is God manifests himself in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if he can work it out where he can step beside himself, so be it. He's God. He can, he can do that, you know. He's got the right to do that. So I'm not going to bicker about these particular things. There's just some things by faith you have to accept. You just accept it by faith and, and claim it to be true. But there's a, there's a lot of symbolism in this particular passage. And what you need to understand is Jesus is taking a place of honor and authority and power. Where you see, the right hand of God is always a symbol of the power of God. So he has, he, so he has that authority and that power. And now he's sitting down by the right hand of the throne of God. He's taken that authority and the power that belongs to him. Now there's another significant statement here. Notice it says, he sat down. Now, the Old Testament priests, they never sat down. You know why they didn't sit down? Within the tabernacle or the temple, there were no chairs. For you see, they had to offer sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. They were always sacrificing. Whenever they were doing their work, whatever they were doing, they never, the work was never finished because there was always somebody else that had sinned. They had, they had done something that was sinful. And so they had to do this over and over every day of their lives. They never sat down. But when Jesus went into the throne room of God and he said, Father, here is my blood. I have given my life for them. That's when the father said, son, sit down beside me because you have finished it all on the cross. One of the last words that Jesus said, it is finished. <laughs> Woo. When Jesus sat down, it was a sign of four significant things. It was a sign of honor. It was a sign of authority. It was a sign of rest. And it was a sign of his intercession. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, 
Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So in these three verses, the author makes a compelling argument for the excellency of Jesus Christ. God, Jesus, is the heir of God, and we are joint heirs with him. He is the creator. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the express image of God. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. He is the sustainer and the upholder of all that he has created, including us. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the highly exalted to his rightful place of honor, authority, and rest. And I believe the apostle Paul said it best in his letter to the Philippians in chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that he is Jesus Christ the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise him, make you all up here. These are my last two words to you. The last two statements. First of all, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you're listening to me where you're at home or wherever you may be, on vacation, wherever you may be, if you're in a sanctuary, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're never going to find anybody or anything any better. So quit looking and look to Him and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Secondly, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I implore you with everything that is within me that you never forget He's the best friend you will ever have. And follow Him with everything in your being. Strive for Him. Work for Him. Serve Him. Love Him. With everything you've got. Don't give him half-hearted mess. Give him your best. Because he gave his best to you. Amen. He is Lord. Of heaven and earth. Will you stand with me? I'm going to call you to the altar again today. Matter of fact, just go ahead and get used to it. Now, you don't have to come. I'm not compelling you to come. But I'm encouraging you to come because we need to have some prayer. We're going to have some prayer. We're going to sing, we're going to sing this. It's a, it's a chorus that's been around a long time. He is Lord. As we sing this, begin to make your way down to the altar. Find your place. Start praying. And declare him to be the Lord of your life. Amen. So you know what you're supposed to do, right?
depend upon you. I've got, I've got some very specific things I want us to pray about this morning for the few minutes we have in this song. You know, our, what is our theme word for this year? Believe. Believe. In my prayer this week, up in the, what I call the upper room where I go and pray, and anybody can pray. You, you just don't, it's not just for me. It's just there's a door over here in the, in the hallway. Just go, it's not locked. Go up, flip the light on. You're welcome to go up and pray. And stand it when the heat's on. Um, <clears throat> but in my prayer, I've got a whiteboard up there. You'll, go, you'll see it. I, I write down things the Lord tells me. I've got a book in there. I also write, write things down the Lord tells me. And think about that word believe. Here's some things, seven things I wrote down to believe God for. Now, these are mine. You can take what you want to. Most of them deal with this church. But this is what I believe for. I believe God's going to help us fill the sanctuary. Amen? I believe that. That God's going to help us fill this sanctuary. To provide the resources we need to do what we're supposed to do. It takes money, you know? I believe God's going to supply every, every resource that we need. I believe God's going to do some miracles. Amen. Amen. I believe God's going to do some miracles. I believe God's going to save some lost souls. Amen. I believe God's going to send us people who are willing to work. Not pew sitters and shelf sitters and hood ornaments. He's going to send us people that are willing to get in the trenches and do some work. Matter of fact, he's already sending some folks to us. I believe that he's going to revive this work. Woo. That's one of my prayers. It has been for six years now. Lord, breathe new life into this place. Breathe life into this place. Breathe life into this place. See, I can't, breathe. I can't give you life. Only he can do it. And we've got to receive, we've got to receive it. We've got to accept that life he gives to us. And then finally, restore to us genuine worship. Genuine worship. Worship that is Christ-centered. Holy Ghost-filled. Anointed from heaven on high. Worship that gets us so close to God, we can hear Him speak to us. So close, we get in worship so that we can feel His presence. Just wrap all around. See, when we come to church, we ought to feel His presence. I was, I was watching a program last night. It was the American Buffalo, you know, what, what, what my tormented mind likes to do. We were talking about one of the Indian chiefs of that day. And many of them had accepted Jesus Christ. He made a statement. I'm taking this out of context. He made a statement. He said, you white men love to go to your churches and talk about your Jesus. That's worth repeating. You white men love to go to your churches and talk about your Jesus. He said, we Indians, we go into our teepees and we talk to Jesus. Whoa, glory. That was anointed. It may not have been come out of the mouth of a Christian. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but let me tell you something. When we come into the house of God, we're not here just to talk about him. I'm not here just to preach about him. We need to talk to him. Amen? And let him talk to us. That's it. 
So in this prayer, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit, we'll be more in tune to the Holy Spirit. Asking the Lord to fill us and refill us and renew us and renew us. We're going to have this prayer and then uh, Miss, Miss uh, Ann, her, she's got a, a great grandson. Great grandson and that has scoliosis and he has got, I mean, it, it's, it's bad. And they're looking at doing multiple surgeries. I, I, you know, I, I believe God can straighten the spine. You know, know what he'll do. I'm not God. But we're going to pray for these needs. So let's first, let's pray. Remember these things. See, I'm going to give them to Cece. She can put them up somewhere. She can know them. This is what we're believing God for. Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus Christ, we know that God the Father is right here with us. God, in your fullness, and Lord Jesus, your anointing, Lord Jesus is here, Lord, in this place, and we talk not to one another, we talk to you. Lord Jesus, we, we address you, the great I am, the holy one, the one, the one that has the final word of it all, the one who is the final piece of the puzzle, come together so we understand, Lord, what is going on, and so, Father, we can see clearly. Lord, of any generation that should see clearly, we, see more, we should see more clearly in any generation because we have a greater revelation than any generation before us. So, Father, I pray and I ask, Lord Jesus, Lord, in this moment, in this time, that, God, that you will work in us, you will work through us. Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit, Lord, just begin to breathe new life unto us. Breathe, Lord Jesus, into our nostrils again, that breath of life. That, God, that we won't be just dragging, uh, dragging uh, Christians, but, Lord, we'll be by service of the Lord, full of life, full of energy, full of power, full of zeal, full of the Holy Ghost. So, Lord Jesus... I'm believing, Lord, for these seven things. I'm believing, Lord, you're going to fill this sanctuary. Lord, I know we've got work to do. I know, Lord, we just can't sit by. And, Lord, it just happened. But I understand, God, it's through your work, through your aid, through your help, we'll fill this sanctuary. Lord Jesus, we need the resources. God, you know what we need to do and accomplish what we need to accomplish. God, work miracles among us, so God. Things that we cannot do on our own, Lord, do among us. Lord, save the law, so God. Lord, may this be a place people will be ultimately drawn to, come to, because they know they can find what they're looking for. They can be transformed and renewed and restored. Lord, in their lives. Lord, send people who are willing to work. Send us people, oh God, that God have a, have a servant's heart. And Lord, want to work and want to serve you. Lord, revive this work. Re revive, revive this church. I pray for Jatardius Boyd. I pray, God, that you will anoint him. I pray that we'll make all the preparations we need to make so you can work among us. And Lord, part of this is prayer preparation. God, get us ready. Get us ready for revival, Lord. Give us ready for that renewal that, God, we believe that you're going to bring our way. And, Father, Lord, restore unto us genuine worship, real worship, Lord, real praises, praises that ring, Lord, to the rafters of heaven, God. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. I can't do it, Lord. It's beyond me. If I could have done it, I would have already done it by now. God, I can't do it. Only you can do it. 
The Holy Spirit, we surrender and submit ourselves again unto you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for all that you are, Lord Jesus. And all that you have given, Lord, unto us. Father, Lord, we love you, Lord. Will you gather with me? Let's pray over Miss Ann's great-grandson. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I know Miss Ann believes, because she didn't believe she wouldn't have given us the request. I know she trusts. If she didn't trust, she wouldn't be here this morning. And so, Father, Lord, right now we're trusting, Lord, Lord, for this great-grandson of hers. 15 years old, God. Got so much of life ahead of him as far as we know. And, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that, Lord, that, 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 that's bending of his spine. And, Lord, it continues to bend. No matter what the doctors have done, Lord, it continues to curve more and more. Father, I pray in Jesus' holy name. I pray by your authority, by your name. Lord Jesus, oh God, Lord, in your word tells us that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, will you straighten, Lord, that spinal column of that young man. Lord, let it untwist. Let whatever's back. Yes, Lord. Your power, God, let it be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else needs prayer today? Lord, we prayed over. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Cynthia's having such an issue with her back. Father, Lord. Lord, touch Cynthia right now, God. God, we prayed and we prayed and we keep on praying. We keep on believing in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, just, just touch that slip. Just slip it right back in its place, oh, God. Father, Lord, whatever you desire, whatever you want to bring through this, Lord, you're God. The Lord, touch her, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Bring healing, bring healing and deliverance, Lord Jesus. Bring healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We want to thank you. We want to praise you for this instrument Thank you so much. Father, your word. Lord, it lights up. Lord, it lights up this world. Yes, Lord. if we're in your word. Yes, Lord. In you. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. your child. Yes, Lord. We thank you that he is showing us you. Yes, Lord. It's you that yes, gets Jesus. the glory. Woo. It's you Woo. that yes, gets Lord. the honor. 
Yes, Lord, to all the glory. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. call upon your precious name for a dear saint of God, for a dear child of God, Lord. Lord, you know what Pat's going through. You know, Lord, what's happening physically, God, mentally. And Lord, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine what it's like. The confusion. The lack of understanding. Remembering some things and other things not remembering. The fearfulness of it, God. Lord, God, God, please help me. Please help Pat, Lord. Please help her, Lord. Please put a touch on her life, Lord. Give her strength. And those around her, her sons, Lord Jesus, they need wisdom to know what to do, God. And all of her family, Lord, that, that tries to help her, Lord. Be with them in Jesus' name. If you heal the body, you can heal the mind, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Any, any more, any more? You already know what's going on with Kenzie right now, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, use this as a means of opening her eyes and open her heart and open her life, Lord, like to you like she's never been before. Lord, I, be I believe you care about our healing. But God, I believe you care more about our spiritualizing yeah. than to our healing. So, Lord Jesus, Lord, do whatever needs to be done because, Lord, here comes a mama that loves you, Lord, and this mama is concerned about her baby. And, Father, Lord, we're asking, we're praying, Lord, you'll hear the cry of a mother's heart. And, Lord Jesus, you will do it. And, Lord, do it for your glory, your honor, and praise. 
And Lord Jesus, as she meets with the doctors tomorrow, God, you can, Lord, you can do it. You can do a miracle right here, right now. Mm. Because <laughs> you got the final word. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, Lord, we, we come and we come in your throne room and have the Teresa Griff. Father, Lord, you can you can clear every blockage. <laughs> Lord, you can set the captive free. Father, Lord, just deliver her in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, you are you are her God. You are her Lord. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Great and the Almighty. Mm. In Jesus' holy name, in Jesus' holy name, Lord, bring deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know we pray for Paula. We keep on praying for Paula. We're going to pray one more time for Paula. God's already got this, right, Paula? God's already got this. But we're just, that's right, we're just, we're just believing with you. Amen. Actually, what, let me bring this one up here. Let me have you on this way. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> oh, God, you're so good. <laughs> you're, you're just better to us than we deserve, Lord. And Father Lord, I know you you got you got something wonderful here, God. Whatever it is, God, whatever you're gonna do, God, I believe that you can remove, Lord, whatever needs to be removed from the doctors ever put a scaffold on any, any part of the body. So Father Lord, we, we claim it in your name. We trust in your name that God we want you to have all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise. So Lord Jesus, in your high counsel. We trust yes. in Jesus' name. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes. We believe, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got, I got something else I want us to pray about. There's going to be, I do not know this family. Uh, it's Lori Reds, Megan, a, a girl that grew up with, with Megan. And her father has died. Uh, they, they, they cremated him. She, as a child, came to the church occasionally. Her name was Megan Bush. But Dave, uh, Lori called. I'm giving you this information to get a little bit of get a context here. But Wednesday at 12 o'clock, um, she wanted to come here because she always felt a closer God. None of them have a church. None of them are saved. At 12 o'clock, on Wednesday, they're going to gather here for a memorial service for their father. What I'm going to add, what I'm feeling in my spirit, let's pray together as a church body that when they're here, they'll feel it so strong. They'll feel his presence so strong. 
and they'll hear his voice whisper in their ear. I believe God can do that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I believe he can do that. So we join me together. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we join together in prayer. And Lord, we seek for this. I do, I do not know them, never met them, don't know anything about them. Other than, Lord, that they need you, and they need you desperately. And, Lord, in the time of need, they're looking to the church. They don't look to them any other time. They're looking to the church now. God, we could turn them away. We could say, we don't know you. We don't care about you, but, Lord, we do care. And so, Lord, we're asking, God, as our doors are open unto them, that they come in this place, they gather together, Lord, that this presence of God will be so real, the power of God will be so real in this place that they will be humbled down and they will hear you whisper in your in their ears right and in this moment so god we're looking we're looking for a good report to come and lord jesus that souls not be saved from this very thing and jesus christ yes lord yes lord speak to him we pray in jesus name amen Uh, even Miss Molly is doing good for the condition for the condition she's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every opportunity to call her, you know. But she's doing good. She speaks well. Now she will. I know she's part of the family, so I'll say she she will be on permanent oxygen. Uh, that unless the Lord does something, does something different, so she will be on oxygen the rest of her life. Uh, but other than that, she is she is doing good. She's still Miss Molly. She's still got that wonderful sense of humor. And uh, she'd be she'd be glad to glad to speak to any of you. So we stopped by the other day to see her. So uh, so anyway. So remember Miss Molly to him this morning. That's time. Anything else? Everybody good? Amen. Yes. Amen. That's tremendous power. Raise your hands for the blessing. Father, Lord, I don't know what kind of blessing to speak. Other than the blessing to thank you. Thank you for being in the house today. Thank you for being among us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we receive from your hand everything you have planned for us and for this church, oh God. Help us, Lord, to be faithful stewards and servants of God most high. And Lord, look to Jesus because we can find no better than him. We believe. We believe. Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs>